Hey everyone, welcome back to the Birdie Bitch Podcast. My name is Maddie Belden, I'm the host, and today is just going to be a quick episode, I guess, um, because on the last episode, if you haven't heard, I discussed the Club Pro Crisis, which um, I guess originally came from this Golf Digest article, or it was originally written about in this Golf Digest article probably, I don't know, four or five months ago now. In the last episode, I spoke about, you know, my opinions and I kind of went over the article from Golf Digest and I also shared on that episode that I sent out a survey to a bunch of golf pros Um, and I said I was going to make another episode to go over (laughs) the results and I never did because things kind of uh, got a little out of control and I received a lot more feedback than I originally thought I would. So before I get into the results of the survey and kind of discuss all the feedback that I received, um, I just wanted to go over a couple of little exciting things. I launched my website this past week. It's just www.maddiebeldengolf.com. I'll link it in the show notes and you can find it on my Instagram and stuff. Um, I'm going to be posting blog articles and hopefully some like video teaching content Um, And it'll just kind of be like home base. And then the other exciting thing is that I also now have Birdie Bitch merch, which you can buy on that website. Um, I have, the main thing is hats right now. I have navy and white hats with the Birdie Bitch logo on the front. They're Imperial, um, like the original performance hat from Imperial. So they're really good quality. You can play golf in them, wear them to the beach on your hot girl walk, whatever. Um, But if you want to get one of those, you can go to maddiebellengolf.com, click on shop, and there's hats. There's also some, some like stickers and small things like that. Um, and between now and next week, if you use the code BIRDIE10, B-I-R-D-I-E, uh, did I spell that right? It's <laughs> the name of my podcast. I probably should know how to spell it. B-I-R-D-I-E. And then the number 10, you get uh, 10% off your order. And one last thing before we get into the article and the results is I just want to thank the sponsor of the podcast, Drive Force. They have uh, a pre-round supplement called DF18. And you've probably heard the ad on all the other episodes and you've seen me talk about it on social media, but it's literally the best thing ever. It just comes in a little stick that you rip open, pour the powder into some water. I usually put it in like 18 to 20 ounces of water, so it takes a little bit longer to drink, Um, but I drink it before work, before workouts, before playing golf. And I think it's awesome. I'm actually going to share some videos on social media soon um, because I have a whoop. And every day that I take uh, the DF18, the next day my recovery is always in the green. Um, So I feel like it's pretty cool to see like hard evidence that it does work. Um, And I usually, if I play golf, when I actually get to play golf and I take it, I don't crash on the back nine, which is super cool. So thank you to Drive Force for sponsoring. If you want to check them out, it's driveforce.golf. And you can use the code BIRDIE15 for 15% off your order of Drive Force. And now I can get into uh, the meat of this episode, which I'm going to try to keep as short as possible because I already did like a whole episode on it already. But I just kind of want to wrap everything up because I feel like I left it kind of open-ended on the last episode. Um, So I did create a survey. I sent it out to um, 
a bunch of my friends in the industry. I also posted it in some, uh, like Facebook groups with golf pros and teaching pros and all that stuff. Um, and it was just like a simple Google form that was completely anonymous. So it really let people kind of let loose and say whatever the hell they wanted to say. Um, so the questions were, uh, what's your job title? Are you a class A PGA professional? Um, how happy are you at your current job? This is all on a scale of one to 10. Um, how fairly do you feel you're being compensated? How much of a work-life balance do you feel you have? Are you considering leaving the golf business? Yes or no? And then I kind of left it open-ended at the end. Um, I asked what their number one suggestion would be on how to fix the club pro crisis, if they think it's even possible. Um, and people just kind of wrote like novels. So I wasn't expecting this response at all. I was really expecting like 15 to 20 to people to uh, fill out the survey and I got 200. Um, so I was very shocked, but also not really because I think people are kind of pissed. So um, when people are mad, they're more apt to respond to things like this, I guess. So you can read this in like written form, I guess, on my website, maddiebellengolf.com. If you click on blog, it is the only blog post up there right now. Um, so I said quick facts at the beginning. 79% of the respondents were class A or are class A PGA professionals. Um, and 40% of the respondents are considering leaving the golf business in some capacity. Um, it was very interesting because on the uh, question on a scale of 1 to 10, how happy are you at your current job? I would say, you can see this graph too on the blog post, I would say the majority of people were over a 5 happy. Um, there was a decent amount of people that were 8, 9, 10 happy. Um, but then when you go on to the next two questions, the next one being how fairly do you feel you're being compensated, there's way more people that are at between a 1 and a 5 and then you go down to how much of a work-life balance do you feel you have? And then there's even more people that are one through five. So I think this kind of shows that golf pros are definitely, um, at least most of them, are very passionate about the game of golf, growing the game, um, serving the game. Um, so they get happiness um, not from having a work-life balance or being fairly compensated, but they get happiness from the actual job itself, which is awesome. Um but I feel like these people, the stewards of the game, should actually have a chance to, you know, maybe take a vacation or have two days off in a row or, you know, have a, a living wage where they don't have to depend on their parents or their spouse or anyone else. Um, so those graphs are very interesting to see if you want to go look at them on the article. And then I'm not going to read... Uh, more than one or two of them, but a lot of the comments were insane. Um, and I shared a ton of them in the article if you want to go read them, but I'm just going to read a couple of them. Um, this is from an assistant golf professional who is currently considering leaving the golf business. They said, allow the professionals to get some time off, get a weekend off here and there, let them play on a weekly basis, let the golf professionals be golf professionals. We didn't get into the business to be cashiers. It's a waste to have qualified professionals sit behind the counter for 60 plus hours a week. However, I don't think it's possible to fix the crisis. Most clubs won't hire more staff to serve as pro shop attendants. They just have the assistants do everything. The clubs chew you up and spit you out and then grab another piece. 
Um, and if you aren't in the business, you might think it's a little dramatic, but I, I think a lot of people probably agree with this person. <laughs> and then this next comment is from a general manager who is also considering leaving the business. They said, people that are highly compensated don't need to work 60 plus hours a week to prove their worth. They need to hire the right people, train them, and trust them to do their job. I've missed so many things over my 15-year career so far in the business. It's got to come from the top down with this transition. Starts with owners and boards open to the idea of not having their staff work 50-plus hours a week, six to seven days a week. Until this work-life balance is solved in this industry, it will only get worse. This article is a great icebreaker because it got people at least talking about the issue, which I agree. Um, The fact that people are actually talking about it is obviously a step in the right direction, but to be completely honest, I don't know how um, an issue that is this, I don't know, prevalent in literally every country club ever, um, I don't know how it's going to be solved because each country club is run by either a management company or a group of members um, or just one owner. Um, So it's not like the PG of America can control what all of these country clubs do, unfortunately. And speaking of the PGA, I just want to do, um, kind of clear things up and wrap this whole thing up. Um, I just wanted to say that this article that I put out, um, I say it's an article, but I didn't actually really write anything. I literally just copied and pasted the comments and results of the survey that I took. I legitimately did not share my opinion at all. Um, I guess by me taking the survey and sharing the results, it shows that I care about the issue, but I did not speak my opinion at all. Um, did not include my opinion in the comments at all. Um, so I say that because I shared the blog post or the article on LinkedIn, Facebook, all that stuff kind of took off, got a lot of feedback and most of the feedback was good. Like a lot of, um, PJ professionals were thanking me for, taking the survey, trying to spread awareness about what's happening. But there was a decent amount of people that commented on it or messaged me um, and said like really negative things, which I guess everyone's entitled to their opinion. But I just kind of didn't understand where they were coming from. Um, I guess someone someone said like, why did you only share the negative comments? Well, I could share the like Excel spreadsheet with you and show you that there were really no positive comments. The only positive comments that I received... And the only people that were like a 10 happy, a 10 fairly compensated, and a 10 on work-life balance were people that had left the club pro side of things. They were either teaching pros that worked for themselves or they were sales reps now that worked a normal 9-to-5 office job um, or were like on the road, but they weren't at a club. So I didn't purposely omit any positive comments to like, you know, sway people's opinions on what's happening. There literally were just no positive comments about being a club pro. Um, and it was also completely anonymous. So kind of gave the ability, uh, for people to just write whatever they wanted with no consequences, which is why it might seem a little harsh, I guess, because if people's names were attached to these comments, they probably wouldn't have been as aggressive. Um, and I said this to someone on LinkedIn But going back to how they were all negative, think about if you have a bad experience at a restaurant, you're more apt to run to Yelp and write a bad review on Yelp for that restaurant because it was bad. If you just have like a so-so experience, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't great, you're probably not going to write a review. So people are more apt to 
share their negative opinions, I feel like, on things when they feel really strongly about something rather than like if it's just okay, which kind of leads me to my next point. Um, I think it wasn't really exaggerated how many people feel so negatively, which is very important to share because I feel like um, the industry is trying to make it look like being a golf pro is like the coolest job ever. Um, is it cool in some senses? Yes. Does it have some cool perks? Yes. You get to work at a golf course, not sit in a cubicle all day. Yeah. I would take that over sitting in a cubicle all day, but on the flip side, um, do you now have 400 bosses instead of one or two? Yep. Do you miss holidays, birthdays, weekends, vacations with your friends and family? Yep. Um, you know, because your members and their guests are spending their holidays, birthdays, weekends, and vacations at your facility. So you don't get to have those things. And then people have the argument, oh, well, you get winners off. Yeah, sometimes not all people get winners off. Um, but even if you do, your members are still expecting you to be at their beck and call during the winter anyway. So it's not like it's some extravagant vacation where you go and sit on the beach in Costa Rica for three months and you don't have to talk to anybody. Like that's not what the winner is. Um, so I just wanted to also share, um, sorry, this is kind of all over the place, but I just, I'm trying to wrap everything up. Um, a couple of comments I got on, on social media when I shared it were very interesting. Someone told me, and I, I feel like I'm kind of calling them out, but I don't really care because they put it on LinkedIn for everyone to read. Um, a guy basically said, if golf pros don't like the hours, they should become bank tellers. Now, I kind of get what he's saying. If you don't like it, leave. But also, you shouldn't have to leave an industry or a job that you're really passionate about just because it doesn't pay well or they don't care about your work-life balance. Um, my dad actually commented on the LinkedIn thing. He wrote a whole long thing if you want to go read it. But he basically said... Um, country clubs and facilities used to compete with each other to get like the best assistants, the best head pros, the best teachers. Um, but we're not like competing with other clubs for assistance anymore or employees in general. We're competing with, uh, companies outside of the industry because now people are getting so sick of it and they realize they can go work a tech job or a sales job or a marketing job with normal hours. They get paid time off. They get weekends off. They get um, really good compensation packages. So it's kind of like, why would you stay at a job that you hate where you don't get to do things in life that you want to do for less money? Um, <laughs> and the other thing that I want to say, disclaimer, I'm not speaking about myself in all of these episodes. I'm speaking on behalf of other golf pros. I don't want anyone to think that I have like literally the worst job ever and I hate my life because it's not true. Um, do I wish there were things about the job in general and the industry that were different? Yes. Um, but I don't want this, anyone to think that this is like a, what was me pity party? Um, cause it's not, <laughs> but another guy, I made a comment on the LinkedIn post and he said, uh, I will assume people get into the golf business because they value helping others play better golf and or adding value to someone's golf experience. I'm growing tired of the criticism of the golf industry. We have a ways to go to balance the scales. However, I'm not going to walk away from the challenge of trying to make it better for those coming after. 
after me. I'm staying in the golf industry and will work diligently to improve whatever little piece of the industry I can. Not because I'm a martyr, but because I care about keeping the game and profession of golf the best. So I think most of what this guy is saying I agree with. Um, and I, I like that he said, not because I'm a martyr, because there's definitely people in the industry who are like, I'm going to grind, um, until like I die. Basically I'm going to work 80 hours a week because this is what we did 30 years ago. And this is what I did when I was your age, like speaking <laughs> to people my age and they just think it's like a rite of passage to be a golf pro that you just like work until, um, you want to die and, or it kills you, I guess. So I appreciate this guy is claiming at least that he's not a martyr. Um, and I think he's right about the fact that everyone gets into the business because they help or they want to help people play better golf or have a better golf experience or they love the game. Um, I just, I don't know why he's growing tired of the criticism of the golf industry. Like if there's no criticism, there's no change and then things will just stay the same and, um, everyone will just be miserable for the end of time. I don't know. Like there needs to be criticism and this might be pissing people off these episodes that I've made or the article that I shared, but I don't really care because I think things need to change. And I don't know. That's why I'm the Bernie bitch, I guess. <laughs> and I also just want to say too, that I'm not someone that's like, I don't know. My generation, I guess, gets a bad rep for being like, I don't want to work. I understand if I'm going to stay in this business in any capacity and be successful, I know I'm going to have to grind for a little bit in different parts of my life. That kind of goes for any job, whether you're a lawyer, a doctor, an accountant, a cashier, whatever. But if it's my passion to teach and coach and grow the game, should I really be expected to dedicate my entire life to it? No. Am I going to dedicate probably a lot of my life to it? Yes, but I shouldn't have to miss my life to help people play better golf. I mean, that's like kind of insane. I think I could probably be a hell of a golf pro and still be allowed to take a vacation once a year with no consequences. I don't think that's asking that much. Um, and I feel like the older generations, like you can sleep when you're dead. And that doesn't really make any sense to me. Cause I don't know, to each their own. If you want to grind in your career till all of your relationships are ruined, you're overweight, you're depressed, you're an alcoholic, then go for it. But that doesn't sound very appealing to me. And I don't think that appeals to the majority of the people in the golf industry. Um, I think we should be allowed to pursue a career in golf and receive support from the PGA from our fellow golf professionals, our club members and boards and GMs, and be allowed to have a happy and healthy life. And I don't know. I just really don't think it's that crazy of an ask. Or maybe I guess I should just become a bank teller. <laughs>